There's public-private tension in another sector of China, political cartooning. Yep, there are political cartoonists in tightly controlled China. Some cartoonists work for official government-run publications. Others do their cartooning for private new media outlets or simply post their stuff right on the web. Political cartoonist Joel Pett of the Lexington Herald-Leader got to know both types on a recent trip to China. He was there to talk about cartooning and freedom of expression. Pett says he immediately clicked with his Chinese counterparts. There's actually a really special kind of a bond among cartoonists anywhere you go in the world. I assume it's our uh, shared futility at railing against uh, injustice and (laughs) authority and arbitrariness, but it could just be something in the ink. I don't know. So what would you say in terms of China? You you say, does it seem to the Chinese cartoonists that uh, what they're doing is futile? I mean, is is the cartooning scene growing or is it uh, kind of repressed right now? You know, it's rare for me to meet another cartoonist with as dim a view of the usefulness of the craft as I have. Uh, No, they didn't seem that way at all, especially the young ones seemed uh, very excited and energized by it, despite the fact that they were taking risks that I have to tell you, I'm not sure I would have the courage to take. Like what? Well, like publishing online inflammatory anti-government cartoons, uh, getting shut down, you know, on your website 180 times. And I love this, uh, Marco, getting invited to tea, which is the euphemism for what happens when the government wants to speak to you about what's going on with your work. Really? That's what they tell the cartoonists when they don't like what they Yeah, they invite them tea. to tea. Yeah. <laughs> and then they sit you down. There really is tea, apparently. But uh, you get the message. So the web has provided a new forum for cartoonists in China, it sounds like. Is it, is it a forum that, that both appeals to them but also scares them a little bit? You know, some aspects of it are a lot like here. You you can get a vast audience, but you can't get paid. But, of course, here, you know, there's no risk of uh, having anybody invite you to tea. (laughs) Right. And if you're a cartoonist who works for state-run Chinese media, what limits are there on what you can draw about? You know, a lot of the cartoons are really good, uh, just not the ones about the Chinese government itself. I mean, if you're drawing about, uh, you know, fishing rights in the South China Sea or something uh, internationally – you know, the cartoons are fine. Was there one cartoon that struck you in particular where it was, wow, that's that's really clever. It doesn't really get at anything super provocative, but but it's a very clever thing, and I, I, I like it. The one that really got me was there was one, you know, some of these cartoonists are essentially illustrators for op-ed pieces. Mm. And there was one op-ed piece that said this entire uprising in Syria was a concoction of the U.S. government to distract the American electorate from our weak economy. Mm. To which I took great umbrage because if there's one thing Americans don't need, it's government help getting distracted. We can do that (laughs) ourselves. We have NASCAR. We have Dancing with the Stars. We can distract ourselves. You went to China on a tour that was sponsored by the U.S. State Department. What's their interest in political cartooning? Their interest is broadly promoting American values, and in this case, freedom of speech. They invite cartoonists, other journalists, librarians – various people with an interest in free speech issues to a lot of different places to make a lot of different kinds of presentations about free speech. And editorial cartooning is just one of those, albeit uh, almost universally seen as on the cutting edge of free speech, which I find interesting. What was the most useful piece of kind of cartooning uh, wisdom that you shared with the audiences? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I shared a lot of wisdom. Uh, I think what surprised a lot of the audiences the most was uh, how rough I was on Obama. And, uh, you know, the art form is generally negative, so there aren't a lot of laudatory cartoons about him. 
And they kept asking me, uh, you know, what do you got against Obama? Why do you hate him so much? And I kept saying, you know, actually, I don't. This is just uh, part of the job is to uh, push authority to do better. So uh, I think that surprised people. What did you find most surprising about cartooning in China when you were there? I was the most surprised at how open the young people are about their uh, freedom of speech issues. When I was there 17 years ago, I didn't find that to be the case. But at every stop this time or just about every stop, the questions came immediately. You know, what do you think the future of free speech issues is in China? You know, how are we going to uh, deal with the with the government's efforts to control communication, et cetera, et cetera? You know, I don't know how it'll play out. Certainly, uh, regimes are capable, as we see in Syria, of some uh, of some brutality. But it just seems to me like uh, the day, if it hasn't already arrived, is certainly coming when you just can't control information, and there's a billion of them. You know. Mm. Joel Pett, a Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist for the Lexington Herald-Leader. He just spent two weeks traveling around China meeting with Chinese political cartoonists. Joel, thanks a lot. Marco, thank you. It's a great pleasure. Again, you can see some work by one of the cartoonists Joel Pett met in China. We have a slideshow at theworld.org.